Well, um, starting off with our Advent season, uh, I want to share with you this morning, uh, and I'm not going to actually use the Christmas story necessarily as our starting scripture. I picked a different scripture as our starting scripture and will carry us through this series uh, because what I want to bring into the idea of Advent is I want to bring the idea that that, that first coming when, when mankind was awaiting the arrival of the Son of God, uh, he was born a king, born a king that was meant to be a savior, one that would die on the cross and pay the price that was needed to be paid for, for the sins of mankind. And he did that so that he could restore our relationship back with the Father. So what I want to talk about is Advent, that, that expectation we have of the coming of Christ. Not just that he came as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, but that he is coming back again. And when I reflect on what we just did in communion, Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Do it in remembrance of what I, what I did for you on the cross. You know, what I did for you in the grave and in the power of resurrection, what I am doing for you in heaven right now. He didn't stop his work. When he died on the cross, the, the work of, of an end to sin, the work of, of washing sins away, that was done. It is finished. He goes into hell and he takes the, the keys of hell and death away from the devil. And, and death now loses its sting for those that are in the faith. Why? Because when this life passes this life is swallowed up by life. We go on into eternal life. We, we, don't, we won't really know what it is to die, if you will, the way that somebody that doesn't know what Christ is, if they were to pass. And so uh, Jesus is not only the, the work that he did to restore us with regard to sin, to restore us uh, in, in regard to the power that we have, the resurrection power of Christ working in us to live this life without sin, mind you, all of us have sin, but we can live this life in Christ and not be subject to sin. Can you say amen? And the reason why we can do that is because Jesus is in heaven making intercession for us. He is going between us and the Father, no matter where our shortcomings are, and he's pleading for our forgiveness. He is establishing for us that that sin is not to be laid upon us because he took it on the cross. He established all that. He came to do a work of restoration. Now, to kind of bring that into the passage that I want to share for our Advent series this year, my message is titled, The Restoration of Hope. As we lit the candle of hope today, may God restore hope to us in a way that we've never known it before. Acts three nineteen through 21 says, Repent therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things. Which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. This, this that God will send this Jesus to you. It's not the one he's sending him as a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. No, this is the return of our Lord Jesus Christ where he'll receive all of us unto himself. Angie, would you bring me my water? I am taking some, uh, a, a painkiller and a muscle relaxer, and I'll tell you what. I feel like my lips are sticking together right now. Mm. 
So when you see this, that Jesus has been received and he's being retained. He is in heaven and he'll remain there until the father turns to the son and says, go. And then he'll return. That's known as the second advent. We celebrate at Christmas is the first advent that God sent his son into the world. But we celebrate this knowing that we're looking forward to that second coming of Christ, the second advent of Christ, if you will. Advent itself means the coming. Uh, There's an expectation that there is a coming. From the beginning, there was always, listen, from the beginning, there was always something coming from God. Think about it this way, that all the promises of God that we read about in scriptures that are yes and amen to us, uh, has anybody experienced every single promise that you've read in scripture? Raise your hand if you've ever received every single promise. But I want you to know that they're always coming. They're always on their way. The question is, is do we have the hope that we need to move into faith? See, faith is the substance of things what? Hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You might not see everything that God intends for your life, but remember this. It is God who does exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we can ask, hope, or even what? Think. We can't even comprehend the capacity of what God is sending our way in its fullness. But we certainly have the ability to make ourselves ready to receive from God what he's sending to us. Amen? And that's where we find our hope. As we find our hope in God, we don't find our hope in in, in ourselves. We don't find hope in the things that we can do. We find hope in what God can do for us. That It's so far and above, so outreaches anything that we could do that it it can't do anything but produce hope in our life. Amen? And so in this aspect, uh, what hope do we have? When we look at Christ, he comes to, God sends him into the world, and, and we see uh, the promise that comes from God through his son, Jesus Christ. And, and, and where are we at in the midst of that hope? What are we hoping for? We're hoping for a restoration of the way God intended things to be. When you look at the fall in the garden. It wasn't the way God intended it to be. It sets everything in motion, as I say all the time, that it subjects all mankind, it subjects the earth, all of it to futility, no matter how hard we work, no matter how hard we toil, no matter how much we worry, it's never going to be enough to attain what it is that God intended for us to live as a life. But if we can rest in Christ, if we can come to that place of being restored in relationship and maintaining that relationship through his power of restoration in us, then we can experience what God intended us to experience in life. And I share the word restoration with you. Restoration, a bringing back to a former position or condition. For instance, the restoration, as we'll talk about through this series, the restoration of hope, the restoration of peace, the restoration of joy, and the restoration of love. Whatever your situation today, right now in your life, I want to ask you, what are you expecting from God? What are you expecting from God right now? Is it okay for you to expect something from God? Yes, it's okay to expect something from God. See, there, there's a connection between when we're in that place Uh, I don't hope in myself, I don't hope my abilities, I may work hard, I might do things that I need to do, but the reality is, is my relationship with God and all that God intends for me, it's not something I'm going to earn from him, it's something God wants to give me as a gift. We got all these packages wrapped up, you know, 
representing gifts. We give gifts at Christmas time, do we not? Is anybody at Christmas, on Christmas morning look at your kid and say, you can have this if you'll do this? Or on Christmas morning, do they come down the steps, they see the gifts, and, and it, you know, when it's time to open them, it's time to open them, right? And it's not like, okay, that gift, you're going to have to do this for that one, and then you've got to do this for that one, and then you got It's not tied to that, is it? No, because at Christmas, we're celebrating the idea of giving. And, and, and there's an aspect of receiving, but we understand that the emphasis is on the giving. Can you say Amen. For some people, that may not be. I mean, you know, the videos are already out from Black Friday. People fighting over things, you know, at the stores. Anybody seen any of those videos yet? You know, squabbling over things. And I think to myself, you know, that is so, so the opposite of what this season is really all about. This season is really all about the heart of giving. And God gave the greatest gift ever given to mankind. He gave that gift. And when we enter this season of Advent, we ought to have the attitude of our Heavenly Father. We need to be givers. Amen? Amen. Some of you may not be expecting much from God right now in your life. Maybe you're in that, that uh, kind of limbo state, uh, in neutral. I've prayed about things in my life. I've, I've asked God before, but... Nothing happened. I want to say that the moment that you move out of a place of expectation, then you're a far cry from faith. Expectation can only be produced in our life through faith. And when we have faith in God, that God's intent is to do good in our life when we come to him. That doesn't mean everything goes great for you, but you can have an expectation of God that he's going to bring you through any situation. He's going to bring you through any complications as long as your eyes remain on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. There's a difference between uh, what we work for and then what God works for us. We can go and we can account, for instance, I can account that the things that I have in my life, I I work for um, and then I go and buy and so on and so forth. But the reality is, is everything that I have is because of God. And it all comes back to this. Listen, it all comes back to can you embrace, can you embrace the idea that the whole earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof? Can you embrace that? You know, because if you can embrace that, what happens is it opens you up then to have an expectation on God. Look, all of this is God's. So if I want access to anything in my life, I want access to love, I got to come to the author of love. If I want access to blessings, I got to go to the author of blessing, right? Doesn't the Bible say every good and perfect gift comes where? It comes from where? It comes from above. And so I've got to recognize that while I may work hard, my work will never achieve for me what God has already done for me. And faith moves me from that place of, of having a mindset of I've got to earn something to a mindset of I just need to accept something from God. Amen? Let me read to you out of Matthew. We're going to look at a, a little bit of this from a standpoint of, of uh, when we think of restoration of hope. Because um, in reading this passage of Scripture, you know, we always read the Christmas story. But I'm thinking to myself, uh, there's somebody that lost a little bit of hope in this Christmas story. And I'd never seen that before, but as I was thinking about 
this season being about a restoration of hope, a restoration of peace, a restoration of joy, and a restoration of love in our life this Advent. I'm reading the story, and I'm like, wow, there was someone that lost hope in the midst of the Christmas story. I do apologize. Woo. <clears throat> Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Let's read it. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, that means before they uh, got married and, and consummated their marriage, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to, to uh, make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. In other words, he's betrothed. That basically, they're going to be together the rest of their life. And Joseph kind of walks up on this situation, and Mary's got a kid coming. Put her away, that means divorce. Look, I'm not marrying you anymore. You're not betrothed to me anymore. Uh, you're pregnant. I, hey, I don't know who did that, but, uh, you know, we're, we're done. Here's a guy who has a circumstance that caused him to lose hope in something he was obviously hoping for, and that was to marry Mary Mary. <laughs> but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for what that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the angel through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then, say then. Then Joseph, being aroused uh, from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her. What that's saying is, is, okay, she's pregnant. I've been told it's by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to intimately know Mary until the child's born. So listen, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus, exactly as the angel said. Now let me point out again, hope can be lost because of circumstances. While Joseph, I mean, they're in this betrothed state, and Mary's going to be his wife, finds out she's with child, and this marriage he's been hoping for, this woman he's been hoping to be his wife, all of a sudden circumstance is saying to him, hey, what you've been hoping for isn't going to be able to happen anymore. So his hope, if you will, was, was dashed. He, he lost hope in that situation. The proof of it is that he was going to basically divorce her. So hope can be lost in the midst of circumstance. Let me read it to you again out of verse 18 through 19. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. Do you think, when we read that, we're reading it in the context of the Christmas story, and how often do we read that? And our focus is, man, Jesus, the Son of God, is going to be born. This is exciting. Does that look like that was exciting for Joseph? I think Joseph was set back by that circumstance, put on his heels, but then something else happened. So, 
I want to move pretty quickly through this. So we know that hope can be lost through circumstances oftentimes, but God is bigger than circumstance. And, and I want to say this too, that oftentimes the circumstance that you're in, while, while some of that may be uh, what we call self-inflicted circumstance, we make a bad decision or whatever it may be, God is greater than any circumstance that will ever exist in your life. And there's always purpose beyond your circumstance. Is it not written in the scriptures that God, uh, he, will, he will work all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes? So this was not a good situation for Joseph, but then God goes to work to show Joseph, even though this is the circumstance you see, this isn't the way you planned it, it's not the way you thought it was going to happen, I will work in the midst of that circumstance and move you beyond that. And I want to give you a few points today that helps us to see hope uh, restored. Hope can be restored by God. The first thing there is God restores hope through miraculous intervention. God restores hope through miraculous intervention. Sometimes God miraculously alters our circumstance. An angel appeared to Joseph, and that miraculous intervention restored Joseph's hope on being with Mary. Where he lost that hope, immediately out of that miraculous interaction, that hope is restored to Joseph. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, you, let me say this about miraculous intervention. You're going to have different times where God's going to show up that way in your life, but he's not going to show up that way all the time. It's not going to be every, every time you turn around, uh, this miraculous moment with God is going to be happening. That, that's just not the way our walk with God works. Now, I don't know about you, but I've seen some miracles in my life. God's done some amazing things that was beyond my ability, beyond my comprehension. He intervened in a situation, and I knew God was performing a miracle in my life. Can you say amen? amen. But it's not like I wake up every morning and there's a new miracle that takes place, you know, for, for a circumstance that I may be in. Is anybody experiencing that? Life happens, doesn't it? It doesn't mean we don't pray for God to do the miracle. <laughs> I want God to do as many miracles as he would possibly ever do in my life. But I understand that it's not going to be every five minutes a, a miracle is going to take place. I'm going to walk and live my faith out. And I'm going to have hope for God's intervention in a miraculous way. But I'm going to keep being obedient to God because sometimes the best things come through just a walk of obedience to God. Can you say amen? So, so that first one, did you get all that down? Give me an amen if you did. God restores hope through uh, miraculous intervention. I want to make sure they get, I know you guys want to get that. Through miraculous intervention. The second one, <laughs> we'll make these available. I want to continue. The second one is that God restores hope through eternal promise. God restores hope through eternal promise. 
God has not promised to remove all of your obstacles and pain in this world, but he will bring you through them and restore you for eternal purpose. Now think about it. Here's Joseph in, in his situation, and there's this miraculous encounter that takes place. But how many of you know that now Joseph's got to walk this out with Mary, who, who's got a baby, and it's not Joseph's baby, and they're telling a story. Come on now. They're telling a story that Mary got pregnant by the Holy Spirit. He's got to walk that story out. He names him Jesus, you know, uh, Emmanuel, God with us. He gets that name, Jesus Christ, you know, the Christ. And when he does that, you understand that people are hearing what they're saying and they're associating that Joseph is saying Mary got pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm just saying, if you could rewind and take yourself back in that time, and here's a couple, she's pregnant, and the guy says she got pregnant by the Holy Spirit, how many of you would be like, "Uh uh-huh? Come on now. First thing, he's in, he's in this place where, you know, I'm going to marry this woman and she shows up pregnant one day. Next thing you know, he gets the visitation, this miraculous intervention by God. He accepts what God is saying and then he starts to walk this out. But that doesn't mean people in the neighborhood aren't going, well, they haven't really been together yet, right? Come on now. Eternal promise. Joseph had to grab a hold of the eternal promise. Listen, verse uh, 21 through 23. This is what the angel said to him, and she will bring forth a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken uh, by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is, again, translated God with us. Joseph grabbed the hold of eternal promise. In the midst of that circumstance, the miraculous intervention, then he grabs a hold of the eternal promise that the angel is declaring to him, and he stands for that and walks alongside his wife. And as we know, uh, many other stories that, that, that take place for Joseph where the angel appears to him. And we'll, we'll look at some more of those as we uh, continue in this series. But when you think about it, Joseph had a circumstantial walk that he was facing, and it was only God that was giving him the, the hope to continue to take the steps he was taking in his responsibility, in his role, in his eternal purpose within context of the, the story of the Son of God coming into the world to take away sins. The third thing, God restores hope through personal transformation. He restores hope through personal trans- transformation. In all this, the miraculous intervention the eternal purpose that you, you hear proclaimed by the angel or the eternal promise. And, and what you see is you see something happening with Joseph. Instead of changing the circumstance, God did not change the circumstance. God changes you. Instead of changing the circumstance, God changes you. You get a new dream, a new vision, a new attitude, and a new perspective on what God's doing in your life. It shifts the way you see the circumstance. And you begin to see what God is doing In the midst of circumstance, do you know that we would never have a testimony unless we had a test? What celebration? I mean, how can you rejoice about something unless you've overcome or come through or, you know, been freed from or whatever it may be in your life? Without the test, there is no testimony. 
Joseph's in the midst of this test, and he passes the test. Why? Because he was willing to allow himself to be personally transformed. Verse 24 and uh, 25. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth the firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. Now, where are you at in all that? Are you kind of in that place of, God, I I need a miraculous intervention by you. You know, are are you at that place of, of, of needing to see or embrace the eternal promise of God? That, that we are actually woven into the fabric of God's purpose for mankind. If you're a part of the church, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the plan of God. You're, the world is still in a test. And it needs the testimony. It needs people who can talk about what God has done in their life. Where he's intervened in their life. How it's caused them to find eternal purpose and promise in their life. And that they're actually willing to be transformed and changed into a witness for what God is doing. You think about it, Joseph living in a time, you know, I mean, it wasn't the same nowadays. I mean, you know, a woman gets pregnant. It's not looked on the way it was then. It's pretty much, you know, she's been promiscuous and, you know, kind of she's not welcome anymore in the community that's that's where they was they were in the midst of that kind and what it came down to was their testimony about what god was saying and doing and you think about mary you think about an angel miraculous a miraculous intervention in our life that the holy spirit you know by the angel visiting the holy spirit confirms to Mary that she's going to be pregnant with the Son of God. Now, ladies, I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared to you and said you're going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit, of course, Mary's response, do you remember Mary's response? It's a physical response. It's a natural response to the circumstance. And it's, I've not been with a man. How can I be with child? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll conceive child. And interesting enough, what does Mary do? Her faith causes her to say, be it unto me according to your word. She conceives the Son of God. Of course, Joseph being in the mix of that. You can see where Joseph lost hope in that passage of Scripture. So much so that he's going to put away a woman that he wanted to marry. But God miraculously intervenes. Joseph sees the eternal purpose. He allows himself to be transformed in the way he thinks about that circumstance. Would you stand with me this morning? You can bow your head and close your eyes, please. I'm going to. You know, Christmas comes and goes every year. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for, I don't want Christmas to ever be just, just Christmas. I want every Christmas that I celebrate to be one that is greater, that I have a, a fuller and a more robust understanding of what Christ is, 
done for me, what God has done in giving his son. And it's interesting, but, but we celebrate Christmas and we'll be rejoicing in all the things that are going on for the most part. But for many people, it's a sad time. There's circumstances that they're facing. Can you take those circumstances and can you submit them to God? And today, God, today, I don't know everybody's circumstance, but I certainly know you're bigger than their circumstance. So, Father, today, we, as your people, Father, we invite you in. We invite you, Lord, to miraculously show yourself in our life. Speak to us. Let it be, Father, by the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. May it be when we lay our head on our pillow at night and we go to sleep that we dream dreams. Father, there's so many different ways you speak to us. Lord, this Christmas season, allow us to quiet ourselves in the midst of so much noise that we would hear your voice, that there would be, Father, a clear understanding of how you're miraculously intervening in our lives and that, Lord, we would see that we have eternal purpose. Father, our purpose is so much greater than the moment. And that, Lord God, we'd allow you by your word, through prayer, by the power of your Holy Spirit to transform us, personal transformation. That God, we would be witnesses for you this season. We'd be a light, Lord, the light of Jesus Christ in our life. As the scripture says, no one lights a, a lamp or a candle and puts it under a, a bushel, a basket and hides it, but rather sets it in a place where it brings light to the whole room. And Jesus, you said, let your light so shine among men. Let our testimony, Lord, of your miraculous intervention in our life, Lord, the revelation of your eternal promise, God, be a transformation that causes us to share our testimony of Christ in this Christmas season. Lord, let hope for all that we can be in you rise. Let it increase in our life. Father, when we look around us and we see broken people, we look around us and we see uh, people who are, are, are distant or hurt, Father, when we look around us and we see people, Lord, even maybe ourselves walking in unforgiveness, Lord, that somehow by your power, Lord, you would cause us to hope in every situation, in every circumstance for you to move and to work and to bring transformation personally in our lives and in the lives of those, Lord God, that we touch. We love you. We praise your mighty name. And Father, may you receive all the glory for everything we do in our life. May we reflect your love, your mercy, and your grace in all of our actions. We pray these things in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Enjoy your week.